I, uh, first of all, I want to say thanks to Tucker. Uh, Logan, our worship leader, is sick today, but Tucker has just jumped right in. So would you thank Tucker for being here today? We're in the, a series in the book of Philemon, and you know it's just a few verses. And we're on verse 22 today, and I want to read it to you. It says, but meanwhile, also prepare a guest room for me. Paul's writing this. For I hope that through your prayers, I will be restored to you. Let's pray together. As we pray in a moment, I'm going to pray my typical prayer. We're going to pray for the peace of Jerusalem. Uh, we want to pray for Haiti. Uh, we got a video from Bill Howard, and uh, many of you all know. Steve, just raise your hand so people can see you. Steve Haddix is a, a director and a leader of Alex's House, Disciples Village in Haiti that, that we are connected to. And uh, they, they uh, uh, move the, they have a compound, they have a, a dorm, a dormitory school, and houses there. So they move the kids out of that safely. As you know, that gang violence is, is, is just rising in Haiti. And uh, they move the kids out and uh, to a, a safe house away from the compound. And uh, the gangs came in and uh, stole and looted and destroyed their compound area. So uh, got that word this week. And we want to pray for... Uh, what's happening in Haiti. I'll, I'll help lead you in that in a moment. And then, uh, as you know, and if you, you, you do know, but if you've forgotten, uh, we're planning a church in Thailand with Justin and Ashley Ross and got a video from them this week. You'll be seeing it. Uh, they've connected with a pastor there. They're learning the language. And uh, if you know Justin, he's just always excited about what God is doing. And so, uh, not only did we plant a church on, on UK's campus, but we're also helping to plant a church in Thailand, and we want to pray for them and, and together, okay? Let's, let's pray together. Uh, Father, help me to be a plain preacher today, so plain that a child would understand me. Help me to be in tune to your Holy Spirit, any word of knowledge you give to me to speak to a person or their situation. Lord, if you prompt me with it, I do want to be obedient to speak to you. You look at all of us today, Lord, but you see me differently. I'm your teacher, I'm your preacher. And on me is a great judgment, a more strict judgment than anybody here in this room. And I know that and I accept myself and my place in rightly dividing your word. Join with me as we pray for the peace of Jerusalem. We're mandated by scripture, Psalm 122, 6. Uh, Father, we pray for the peace of Jerusalem. We pray, Lord, that uh, you would raise up people, the Daniels, Lord, in, in lives, people that have kingdom minds and kingdom voices uh, to, to, to be able to minister and to speak to leaders all over our world. But we pray for the peace of Jerusalem. We know that all the unrest that's going on has a target, and that target is the center and the city of Jerusalem. So we pray for its peace. Lord, we pray for Alex's house, Disciples Village in Haiti. We pray for Steve and Bill as they lead. Uh, Steve having to lead from a distance. Lord, uh, Bill having to lead from a distance. Uh, we, pray for the, we pray for those children as they're in a safe house. And uh, Lord, uh, I know there could be question marks of next steps. 
but Lord, we, uh, we trust you with the next steps for them. We trust you for the resourcing for them. Uh, Lord, raise us up to be able to be a part of that resourcing. And we pray for the safety of those children. And we pray for the peace of Haiti, Lord. We pray that that happens, that there would be order restored and the, the, the unrest would be removed. We pray for Justin and Ashley, Lord, in Thailand. We're grateful how you've connected them with a local pastor. And we're grateful for the work that they're going to do. There's areas of that land have never heard your gospel. And so we pray for our connection to them. We pray for the next steps for Justin and Ashley and this pastor. Lord, we pray for that church to be a vibrant, growing church in that area, spreading the gospel of you, Lord. It's in the name of Jesus that I pray and that we pray together. Amen. Thank you for being here today. If you're new to our church or a guest, I'm Jeff Eaton. I'm the pastor here. And we're in the book of Philemon. It's not a book that a lot of people are usually in. It's just a few verses long. In fact, it doesn't even have a chapter. It just, it is, it is its own chapter. And we've been in here uh, for a long time. It seems like, how can you preach so much on one little bitty book? But there's so much there. In fact, I'm only going to be in one verse today, and next Sunday we'll close out our series there. I hope it's been a blessing to you. I hope it's made you encounter a section of God's Word that you may not have been familiar with. But I, if you're new today, I want to catch you up. Paul is in Rome. He's on house arrest uh, for preaching the gospel, and they, they can't shut him up, so they shut him out. And he continues to minister in the name of the Lord. Uh, you're going, well, what would get Paul arrested? What would get Paul arrested? And we've been saying this all through the letter. Uh, he's, in, he's in Rome. It's, the, it's, it's a strong military power. It's, uh, Rome is a strong economic center. Uh, and, the, uh, and not only that, education and intellect. It's the area of philosophy. It, it, it's just strong in about every area you can be strong in. And so what, what gets Paul arrested is he's preaching a gospel that says his king is greater than their emperor. And when you preach a gospel like that in Rome, it's going to get you thrown in jail. So Paul is in jail under house arrest. There is this slave named Onesimus. So Paul's in one area, Onesimus is in another, and Onesimus runs away from his slave owner and, and the people. And he runs to Rome. He, he so happens to encounter Paul. Paul uh, ministers to him, sees him surrender to Christ. It just so happens that the guy that owns Onesimus is one of, is one of Paul's best friends, Philemon. And Philemon uh, is, uh, Paul is trying to get Onesimus and Philemon back together again, even though it talks about slavery here, Philemon is a Christian. We're not advocating that Christianity and slavery go together. But under Roman rule and Roman law, it did in that day. And Paul is addressing that. Paul is, is saying, I, I don't want you to receive Onesimus back as a slave any longer. I'm really encouraging you to, uh, to embrace him and welcome him back as a brother in Christ. So that's what's going on. Paul in this little letter is trying to convince Philemon to do the kingdom thing. 
they're, they're, we're in a situation here. Uh, Onesimus is now your brother in Christ. He's not just a slave any longer. And you need to make the right kingdom fall. So this letter is trying to convince him to do that. I left you last Sunday with Paul saying, I, I, I really, really believe you're going to make the right decision, Philemon. And not only that, I believe you're going to do even more. You're going to do even more than what is required of you when it comes to it. Today, the letter that we're going to handle, this verse 22, we're going to see how Paul uh, lives out his life of hope. And we're going to see it just within a day. I mean, what a day in the life of Paul and hope would look like through this letter. Verse 22, he begins by saying, meanwhile, I'm expecting you to uh, take Onesimus back, not as a slave, but as a brother. And uh, I I know you're going to do the right thing, and I know you're going to do even more. And then here's where Paul is pretty, pretty good. He's like, and even on top of that, I, uh, I, want you to, I want you to get ready to receive me. Uh, I want you to get ready to, exceed, to receive me. We're talking about Christian hospitality here. He's like, get the room ready. Now, I want you to see how Paul lives for a moment. Uh, Paul's been shipwrecked. He's been beaten. He's been whipped. He's been snake bitten. He's been imprisoned. But he's got this bright outlook on life. I, I know you're going, well, man, that doesn't sound like a guy's got a lot of joy. All that's for the gospel. All these things have happened to him. He's, he's got this picture and this focus on the future, which is unbelievable. And it's going to be our challenge today to even look in our own lives. He, he's expecting two things right here to happen. We're going to get into some more, but two things. Number one, he's going to be released. He said, I'm, he wouldn't tell him to get a room ready if he wasn't expecting to be thrown out of house arrest. And not only that, he, he's, he says, I'm headed your way and I'm expecting you to receive me. I've got two expectations here. I, uh, I really want to encourage Christian hospitality today. They didn't have inns back there like they do today, a place for people to stay. So uh, Christians opened up their homes to other Christians. Uh, but I, I do like hearing how this is happening in our church naturally. What I mean is, is um, you know, I, I grew up in church having a, a, a food committee. And of course, you couldn't be a Baptist church and not have a food committee, right? Uh, and uh, where you know, something happens, we put it together and, and get get meals to them. What I what I like, you, and you're probably going, do we have a, a, a you know an original food? No, we don't. What I love is I love seeing it happen naturally. I, I love uh, just talked to a couple this morning. Just had a baby, and we were talking and. You all have just really blessed them, checked in on them, just a lot of things that are happening. I love to hear it happen naturally within the family of God. Listen, the Holy Spirit, are you listening? Can I say the Holy Spirit in the Baptist church and you all not freak out? Okay, the Holy Spirit will inspire the family of God in Christian hospitality. He'll put it together naturally. We don't have to do it in an organized fashion. Uh, we, it happens naturally. 
The Lord has laid upon you a family to bless. It could be bereavement or grieving. It could be the newborn baby. It could be, I just love my pastor. Did you see how I threw that in there? It, it, uh, it could be a lot of things. It could be a lot of things. But it, it is the Holy Spirit putting this together. So Paul here has an expectation of Christian hospitality that it's, it's expected to be a part of it and happen. But I love hearing it where you're visiting with people and you're praying with them. Some of you get there before I do, which is wonderful. Uh, it, it's just a picture of how the family of God comes together and how the Holy Spirit directs the family of God and inspires you to do things for other people, mowing somebody else's yard, checking on their house while they are away. Some of you are taking people to... Uh, to, to doctor's appointments when they can't drive or you're taking them to treatments when a family member can't do it. That's all a beautiful picture of the family of God and just Christian hospitality. So he's expecting to be released. He's also expecting uh, Philemon to receive him. But I want you to see Paul's confidence here. We're gonna really nitpick this in just a minute. But uh, his confidence that he has, uh, especially in prayer, that uh, you're gonna prepare a guest room for me for I hope that through your prayers I will be restored to you. He has a confidence that his brother in the ministry, Philemon, is praying for him. And he has the confidence that Christians pray. Philemon is a co-laborer and a dear friend. Um, I just want to stop and I want to ask a, a preacher question for a moment. Do you have confidence in prayer? Do you? If I were to tell you that prayer is a part of our life, you're going to say yes. But do you have confidence in it? I was, I was uh, in a conversation with a guy about two weeks ago and he asked me a question, and it was, who's the most powerful person you know? And then in my mind, I'm going, you're asking a preacher, <laughs> you know? Uh, and we know the Sunday school answer, right? But my heavenly father is the most powerful person that I know. There's nobody that has more authority and power than my heavenly father. You know, we're gonna probably answer some dignitary, some politician, somebody of great financial wealth, but I'm, I'm going, my heavenly father is the most powerful person in the universe. And he's made a way for me to have conversation with him and to have dialogue with him and to commune with him. And sometimes I tell you all as a pastor, go spend time with the Father and you look at me like I've got three heads. But just stop for a moment and realize the access we have to the one who's made it all, knows it all has all authority to that. And then I've, I've got a bunch of preacher questions. Do you care if I ask them? There's a bunch, all right? Is, is do you run to him or do you dodge him? Will you help me with the answer? I know you know what the real answer is, but what's the real answer inside? A lot of us probably, just go ahead and say it with me. 
We dodge him. We don't run to him, we dodge him. I just want you to see that Paul has great confidence in, in prayer. Uh, the, it's, it's, really, it's really important for me and you to be able to see that. And, and ever how you pray, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a go off by myself prayer. That's really what I do. Uh, even, you know, when I show up, everybody expects me to pray, right? But I, I like to go off and be in my closet and be by myself and, and just be with the Father. I do, I do that. I, I really don't want people catching me doing that. I just, I want to go off and be alone with him. But do, do we have the same kind of confidence that he has? You're going, well, I'm not the Apostle Paul. It, it, Paul's just a believer, Here's a picture that I think happens to us. I think the enemy weasels his way into our thinking and we get to believing some of his lies. Now, I'm just gonna give two of them when it comes to prayer. Number one, we're thinking that God won't listen to me. So what's the use? Number two, we feel like he's abandoned us. That he's just left us. That he doesn't want anything to do in our lives whatsoever. I've been encouraging you since before COVID hit in March of 2020, go spend time with the Father. And since uh, COVID hit in March of 2020, I've just been doing nothing but overemphasizing, go spend time with the Father. Go spend time with the Father. You're going, what do I do there? Pray for people. Pray for people who are not well physically. Pray for unbelievers. Uh, that the veil of their unbelief would be removed. That's the writing of Paul. Pray the veil would be removed. Pray for peace that needs to happen. Uh, I, I believe our prayer mattered today. I didn't just do it to help make you feel better or for you to feel better about me. I led us in a prayer of peace. I believe he heard us. I believe he'll raise up people. We pray for peace. Uh, you, you've, you've, got, uh, you, you've got your own tensions and you're going, well, what do you mean my own tensions like worry and doubt, greed and selfishness, anger and hate. We've got all those things there. Bring those tensions that are there. Bring them, bring them to the Lord. Uh, learn, learn to do that. I, I learned my son is a golf coach or has been, and he, Andrew's a great golfer. And I shoot sporting clays competitively, and many of you all know that. And, and I, I know playing golf, if you're tense, this triangle here, you, you're, you, you really need to loosen your grip. You need to relax because the more you grip and the more tense you are, the more tight you get in your swing. When it comes to sporting clays, it's the same thing. Relax. You got to relax it because the muscles tense, they're tense, and we're just tense. We're tense about a lot of stuff. And when I see the tension, you and I are going to go, well, I'm going to blame the world on it. There's just too much going on. And there is a lot going on. All of us have a lot that is happening and going on in our life. All of us do. And you're, you're going, man, I want to dodge the suffering. Who in here doesn't? Who in here, who in here sees suffering and goes, man, I can't wait till I get there? You know? We want to dodge it. We want a problem-free and a suffering-free life. 
But we, we're not going to get that here. Are you all listening? It's not going to happen here. And you'll try to outthink it. And you'll try to outmaneuver it. In fact, Jesus says the opposite. That it is a world of persecution and suffering to all of us. But the beautiful picture is this, and we sang it. In, in fact, Logan Harvey, I'm going to test your skills. Go to the first song that we sang today, okay? Where it says the rain came down. Will you just give me, give me that group of lyrics up if you can. And man, look at your magic. I want you to, son, are you smoking? I'm telling you, you're good. We just sang this. And some of you all were with the drums and the bass guitar and, and the guitars. I wanted you to be with the lyrics. The rain came and the wind blew, which is trouble and suffering and problems. But my house was built on you. I'm safe with you. I'm going to make it through. I'm going to make it through. The gospel story is about the cross and the resurrection. It's even about the ascension and his return. It's all of it. But the, the truth of the gospel is we surrender to a man who said, I will lead you through. You, you gotta follow me. I mean, the 23rd Psalm, right in the middle of it, the, the valley of the shadow of death, the valley of darkness and death. He says, I will lead you through. And you've, we've got to know that. And we all, we've all got stuff. All of us have got a lot of things going on around us. But I want to get back to prayer for a moment. Are, are you bringing those tensions to the Lord? This is one thing I love about Gideon's International um, with the placement of the Bibles in hospitals and hotels and to children where the schools will allow them. College campuses that will bless it. Uh, they hand them out to the military, to law enforcement. It just goes on and on. But they've got the right idea. And the right idea is this. At the, in, the, in, the, in the front of their Bibles, in their New Testament, they help you out with a guide. If you are afraid, you just look it up alphabetically. If you are afraid, turn to page so-and-so. If you're doubting or worrying, go to page so-and-so. That, that's what you do with your tension. What, whatever's going on with you right now, that's what you disciple. And Gideons are getting it right. If you're afraid, then look it up. Here are the passages that have to do with you living in fear. And it, it, it disciples the tension. Are you with me? That's what we teach here. Where's the tension? Where's the tension in your job? Then bring that before the Lord. Where's the tension in your marriage or your relationships? Bring that before the Lord. Where's the tension in your finances? Bring that before the Lord. Are you all getting that? I'm looking, I'm getting the three head feeling again, all right? You all, you see, you, whatever you're tense about at the moment is what you disciple. And it's what you go, it's what you bring to the Father. And we're, we're just, we're confident in prayer that he's hearing us. 
that he's hearing us. And, and, and you gotta be confident in the fact that the enemy's gonna try to get you to believe that he has abandoned you and he has not abandoned you. He wants you to run to him. In fact, scripture says, when you run to him, do you know this? He draws near to you. He makes up the distance. He draws near to you. I pray you receive that today. So he says, through your prayers, I'm, I'm going to be present. Go back to, to verse 22, Logan. Thank you. He said, I, uh, I, 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 that through your prayers, I will be restored to you. And the word you there doesn't just mean you Philemon that he's writing to. It means y'all. Okay, because there's a group of people at the beginning of the letter that he names, and there's a group of people at the end of the letter that will handle next Sunday that he names, and he's like, we are all going to be restored, and I, I am confident of this. But I want to I talk about the hope here for just a moment uh, that we see in, in Paul. He, you see right in the middle, it says, I hope, and it sounds like he has like one hope, he only has one hope, but he's got many subpoints of hope. And I want to bring them out to you for just a moment today. He's hoping to be released. He's in prison because he preaches the gospel. He's got hope that Onesimus will be returned. That he's coming back to Philemon, but in a completely different fashion. No longer a slave, but a brother in the Lord. He's hoping that Onesimus and Philemon are reconciled. He's hoping that he, Paul, Philemon, and Onesimus create a new team that's never been established before, ever. He hopes that all who mentioned are together, the beginning of the letter and the end of the letter, that we're all, we're all back together. He, he hopes that the church is strengthened. Do you know the, the book Colossians in the New Testament? That it, it's the church at Colossae. That's the church that Philemon is a member of. And he's wanting them all, he can't wait till they're all back together again. Uh, I, I've even, I even wish that for you today. I was looking forward to really being able to see some of you all. But here, here Paul is believing this. Paul, Paul believes strongly that the Lord's gonna lead him through through his imprisonment, through a new creation of people, a, a new addition to the church, the multiplication of the church and, and every bit of that, that he's going to lead us through. And, and I, I want to talk about that for just a moment before I, I finish up here in a second. I'm going to show you how we're going to finish up today. That he's going to lead us through. I want you to have confidence that he's going to be able to do that. I, I know I say this a lot, and I, I, I really believe you agree with me uh, in when I say we're way too busy. And you, you may go, amen, you know, I don't know that you're a culture that amens like you did when I was growing up, but anyway, you're like, yes. But here's, here's the dilemma, I'm gonna speak as a pastor. You will agree that we're too busy, but you don't know what to give up. You, you'll agree with it. I'm, we're too busy. But then what do I get rid of? As parents, we can have a fear that our children are missing out if they're not included in everything. Uh, 
we, we've, we've got to multitask. We champion people who multitask instead of slowing down. And I go, man, I just want you to slow down. I just want you to slow down. And, and I, I don't think it's just me. I think scripture tells us that. I think the Lord whispers that to us. I've just slowed down. We, we, even, we even have a, a tough time with taking a Sabbath of just a day of rest because we've just got this list to do and we don't know how to stop. We just don't know how to stop. And part of him leading us through is teaching us what we need to get rid of. And, and you're going, well, I don't know what I need to get rid of. I'm gonna tell you what you need to include. And you're going, well, then you're, you're telling me to add more to my, to my day? No, if you include this, you're gonna have to give up something. But that is spending time alone with him. Start learning to carve that out. And it's what I mentioned to you earlier. Bring your tension, whatever your tension is, it could be parenting, relationships, it could be job, it could be finances, it could be health, it could be a lot of things. We, we bring that, we just bring that to the Lord. I mean, just let me just give you an observation, and, and if this pertains to you, you're gonna say I'm picking on you, but it's, it's just observation. Let me show you how fast we're moving. It seems like it's a race now who can get Christmas out the fastest. Whether it's a store or your house, and let, let me tell you something. Christmas has got enough rush as it is, you know? Uh, I dreaded it as a pastor, I'm just gonna tell you, because it was just nothing but a perpetual rush. And as a pastor, I've tried to eliminate that in your life on purpose. Instead of adding to your stress, I've tried to take the stress away just with all the church activities during Christmas because you're run ragged between families and Christmas parties and business Christmas parties and friends and all that kind of... But now we're, we're in a rush to get... We haven't even gotten to Thanksgiving yet. We're not even there. And, and by the way, I can't wait till Turner Thanksgiving, if you all know. Julie and I have already been, we're increasing the order for Turner Thanksgiving dinner. I just want you to know, okay, Lord. Uh, so, um, and uh, that's an inside joke. I just let you all in on, on a, just a three-way conversation there. But uh, it's, we're just moving way too fast. And you've got to take some time and be with him, carve it out, take your tensions to him. And, and I, I want to just tell you, I've, I've been sick this week. I've had a stomach bug and I'm fine. You know, fever's gone, everything's okay. Julie's been sick. Uh, her dad, Papaw, uh, he, uh, he's 94, over 94. He fell Monday at the nursing home and he's got a, got a couple brain bleeds. We were, we were in the hospital on uh, uh, Monday in um, uh, the emergency room and getting him taken care of and medications reversed because he's on blood thinners and it's just, then I got sick and then Julie got sick and it just went on and on and it was, it was one of those weeks, you know. Logan, our worship pastor, called and said he's got strep and I know a lot of you all are sick and sometimes I've learned that in the middle of, a, of the tension, you, you just have to even learn to laugh sometimes. And I say this because I do love to laugh. I do. I remember when we started Hope Church in 1998 that we had a saying, when you get to heaven, you're going to learn you could have laughed a whole lot more. 
okay? And uh, it's not that I don't take things seriously, but I was seeing Papaw a few weeks ago. And uh, uh, just with the tension of taking care of him and a lot of things going on in our life, our daughter having emergency surgery in Texas and we couldn't be there, and it just goes on and on. It's, it's, it's no different than you. I don't want my situation to seem greater than yours because it's not. But we all have it. So I was uh, seeing Papaw, and uh, there are times that he calls Julie, my wife, Mary Alice, which is her mother's name, and she passed away in February. But there are times he calls Julie, Mary Alice. And then there are times he calls our daughter, Laura, Julie, who's my wife, his daughter. So the other day I'm in his room, and this is for laughter is a good message. Sometimes you just have to laugh, okay? And uh, he said, I want to talk to you about something. So I, I kind of sat up a little more straight, and I thought, I wonder what this is going to be about. And he's talking about my daughter, Laura, and she's dating now. But this is the way he said it to me. He said, uh, you know Julie's got a new boyfriend, don't you? <laughs> and I'm like, no, he's talking about my wife, his daughter, but he's really talking about his granddaughter, our daughter, right? And I'm going, no, but I'm listening. I'm going, Papa, you know, you're in the nursing home. How do you know this? Like he's some great private investigator. And there, there's just times, and, and, I, and I, I was like, you mean Laura, right? And uh, he's like, yeah, yeah, you know, so uh, my point is, there's just sometimes you just need to look at it and laugh. L laughter is a good medicine, but hang on. We, we, we look at our future, and those, let's don't look at it with dread. Let's look at it with expectation that the Lord is hearing us, and he's not abandoned us. And he wants us to bring our attentions to him. That's what he desires. Who's the most powerful person that you know? Well, it just so happens to be my heavenly father. And he's made a way for me to have conversation with him and to have communion with him. So here, Paul, Paul has realized all these hopes, their subpoints, from being released to the church being back together again. But notice his, his hopes are many, but all of them are cast one direction and they're cast around Christ himself. His hope is in the Lord. Look what 1 Timothy chapter 1, verse 1. This is what he wrote. I am Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus, by the command of God our Savior and of Christ Jesus. Say it with me. Our hope. Our hope. Do I have question marks about the future? Yeah, absolutely. Retirement, I'm 63. Retirement's coming upon us for me and Julie. A lot of question marks. Lord, how are you going to use me? How much longer am I going to be at Hope Church? How are all those things coming together? You know, what, what are you going to be doing? What are you doing with my... I got a lot of questions, but you know what? My hope is not centered on all that I can do. My, our hope is centered on the person of Christ. 
We do that for Jerusalem and Haiti and even Thailand that we prayed for today. Our hope is centered on him. Titus chapter two, verse 13. This is Paul writing again. He said, while we wait for the blessed hope, he calls the return of Christ the blessed hope and the and appearing of the glory of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ, that even his return is a blessed hope. Know that. We, some of you are just worried about what's going to happen here. The, the concentration of here is to get ready for there. <clears throat> the, the, this is the prequel. This is this, we're getting ready, folks. We're not getting ready to die. We're getting ready to live. And our living is yet to begin. It will begin forever with him. And there we go back to the gospel message of he leads us through. A, a surrender to him and a hope in him takes care of the now and the not yet. Both forever. Look at 1 Peter. We'll go to another disciple. Chapter 1, verses 3 and 4. Blessed is the God and the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. According to his great mercy, he's given us a new birth into a, you see, the, 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 to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. Look what this leads to. And into an inheritance that is imperishable, uncorrupt, uncorrupted, unfading, kept in heaven for you. See, it's a surrender to him now takes care of the now and the not yet. So how are we going to close out today in our invitation? I ask you to come pray. I'm asking you to even move and pray. Even if there's somebody here in the room that you need to go pray with, please have the freedom to go do that. There are people who are sick. You need to pray with them. Some of them have things going on in their life with disease, and they're even here today. Go, go bless them and pray with them. So, some of you, uh, you, you've got people that you need to pray for, just individuals, for the veil to be removed. Some of you have got incredible burdens that you're carrying. Some of you have tension that's just making you grit your teeth at night and your muscles to be tense all day long. It's just all kinds of tension physically, emotionally. Uh, some of you have got praise to bring to the Lord for what he has done and his faithfulness. Some of you got some incredible thanks that you need to give him for what he's revealed to you and what he is doing in your life. I'm just going to ask you to come and pray. Continue to pray for Haiti. Pray for Thailand. Pray for the uprisings that are happening throughout our world. Pray for the peace of Jerusalem. Just come and pray. Lay your burden down. Mainly, this is what I want you to pray. I want you to tell the Lord today, this morning, that my hope is in you. That I look at the future with expectation that you are going to lead me through, you through, us through. I want to give you a blessing today. It's my favorite blessing in scripture. I've prayed it over you during Lent when we marked you on Ash Wednesdays, our, our staff has. And I, I remind you of it often. And I, I want you to stay in church. Will you do that? And we may need a little more counselors than usual today. Go ahead and stand. And we may need a little more counselors than usual. So you, you come and help us out on that. You know who you are. But uh, let me give you this blessing today. May I do that?
Give me a minute. Now, may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing in Him so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. So if you're a counselor, would you make your way down? You've been a counselor. We're going we're gonna to need extra folks. You come. Tucker, the team are going to lead us. There are people here to pray with you and for you. You can even bypass them. You don't have to come to them, but the invitation has come. Listen, lay your burden down. Lay your tension down. Give your thanks. Give your praise. And say, today, my hope is in you. You come.